the chair shot. Get it right. Welcome back, WrestleNerds. Victor Villain here. Let's see who's making their way to this ring. Have no fear. J.P. Savage is here. Old school. <laughs> I miss if you heard. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of Heels, Pops, and Chair Shots. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for treating us with respect and the dignity that we deserve so rightfully much. Hey, the economy's reopening, and my ass is late for work. So let's just get to work over here. How are we feeling about that? Well, we saw a lot of good work this week. I'm excited. To talk about <laughs> I'm so glad we saw it somewhere. And then we're going to talk about some of the greatest work of all time. Oh, my oh, God. We got to dig deep. We got to dig deep. Tonight, awesome we have, tonight we have the topic of all topics, folks. The greatest matches of all time. Of course, influenced by what we saw in this past week. So it's going to get trendy right now. It's going to get choppy. You're about to see some heads get cut off because people are going to be crying after we debut some of our favorite matches. Because, no, we're not going to go with the 25 best. Come on now. We're a pro wrestling podcast. Our acumen is very, very diversified. You're going to hear some matches, folks. Get ready. I'm ready for it. And you're definitely right. There has been a lot of crime. And unfortunately, not just for Bills that are going to be crying about our picks. Um, somebody had tested positive this week, guys, for COVID-19. <laughs> That shit's still around, bro? Yeah, apparently so. Nobody's got their masks on and shit. Nobody's wearing and shit. Talk to me about it real quick, guys. Who, who knows about this shit? Uh, did you not expect that to happen? I think this is the first one that they report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is right? why there's talent that's not around. This is the reason why, like, they're the only sport that is still performing right now. Uh, well, apparently, it looked sick. like, um, yeah... It looked like every somebody definitely did get sick. That so sick that they had to stop uh, recordings, right? Um, some tapings got held and postponed, and there's a scare now. Um, are they going to get tested? Is the question. I heard rumors that they were preventing people from wearing masks on Raw. That was the story, and and then they had performers run around the crowd. Now, so far it's been disproven and whatever, and people did what they wanted to do, but it's just kind of crazy that on the day that you kind of invite everybody in well not everybody but you start inviting people in this happens and then it's not just crazy it's kind of like dumb motherfuckers that's what we've been quarantining for what do you think was gonna happen you start opening up things are gonna happen it's gonna go down so they hadn't been testing apparently they haven't tested anybody until now wow that's the part they've been doing like temperature checks and shit but not Formal testing. AEW has been doing formal testing for all mm. you nerds taking count. Mm. Oh. Another one for the bad guys. Because if you don't take the test, then no one has corona. Oh, facts. And if you take the test high with high scores, 
you get hot, wait, something like that. Anyway, disappointment all across the board, right? Uh, I was especially disappointed because Edge, my man, my man Edge, what happened, my man? You come about my wait, man? And you wait, get hurt, you, my man? Wait, are you trying to say that Edge is the one with the corona? Nah, he's the one that got hurt with his oh, pectoral out for eight months, yo. <laughs> Shit. Yo, but you know what? He left with a banger. <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's the best match ever, I guess but we'll I the best, about that it could be the best bit. retirement match ever. Ooh. I guess we'll, we'll, hear, we'll hear about it if it's, if it's better. Oh. On this day, he saw clearly that he's going <laughs> to be gone for a while. Gone for a Sorry, I love you. Yeah, no, nah, that definitely is not the case. I meant more on, like, the last match of your career due to injury. Oh, ouch. You know, it's yeah, not, well, it's not, it's, it's not exactly like the wrestler, right? But, no. <laughs> but, you know, in the ring, didn't it's not that dark, but, you know, he, put a, he left on a banger. But, so, but to, to old school's point, he is gone. And uh, gone for the foreseeable future, much like someone else who he made the here. rounds this week. David Starr, my man. Old school. Where's this man heading? So he's heading nowhere fast. David Starr, who at one point was the darling of the independents, the man who started We the Indies, right? Um, Unionize. Exactly. Unionize. He was was a part of the the Me Too's. Apparently he was a little too... uh, privy to that fact, um, uh, one of his former partners came out and uh, has alleged, we'll say alleged because we don't know, right? Right, uh, right. That that he had raped her uh, and he was also abusive uh, mentally and emotionally. He apparently kept like uh, files of, of conversations he's had with people. So that if anyone was to accuse him of anything, he would discredit him with the conversations. Um, for his part, he came out and he he kind of like half-heartedly apologized. Like he's like, I wasn't a sexual predator, but I was a dick. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I might have gaslit you, but I didn't. I didn't, you know, rape you. Uh, <laughs> which which is a gaslight in and of itself, is it not? Like I didn't yeah. rape you. Yo, it's it's it sucks because he was seen by many like to be the voice of like reason, right? Uh, unionize. He he wanted the better opportunities, and like then we, we see this. Is there no one that can save us? Like if anything, I think outsiders looking in looked at David Starr like, you know, this is somebody that's really like for the business. Like he's he's a he, he was like the progressive pro wrestler, right? Like, he could speak eloquently on topics. And then, you know, hey, listen, if you're going to go up on that soapbox, you better make sure you're clean. Right. Uh, it's just disgusting. It's just yeah. disgusting that we continue just to see men abusing their power. And, and, and you know, across the board, like, you can't even say it's a race thing. It's just a, that's a gender. Like, this is just guys being assholes, man. And, and and feeling entitled to do what they want to do. He's getting called out. Let him get called out, bro. Hey, All these hey, type of things bring down the business, bring down humanity. 
big ups to the promotions in uh, in the UK and Europe. Uh, as soon as they heard this, he was stripped of every single title he had. Uh, yeah, over man. the top wrestling, uh, Rev Pro, uh, TNT, Extreme Wrestling. Uh, they all stripped them of the titles. They said, we don't do business with Predators. Uh, interestingly enough, another person has come to light uh, with uh, accusations is uh, NXT UK's uh, Ligero. Uh, oh, yes. He apparently was uh, was getting fresh with uh, one of his trainees. He, he was hitting her up with very inappropriate um, messages. He was trying to infiltrate kind of her love life overall. Oh, he was uh, booming her. Yeah, it, it, that's I believe what they uh, they uh, called it. Um, and uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, um, and apparently, I'm hearing now David Lagana is also being called out for some of his uh, wow. his behavior in the past. Yo, dude, he wanted to suck the Undertaker's dick. <laughs> is that, is I mean, that the story? Uh, that, that's that's one of the rumored stories. I mean, <laughs> listen, all we know that documentary, homie. All we know in our very extensive shooting the itch archive. I say itch again, goddammit. Shooting the itch archive. We have one of our past guests, our alumni, speak on a lot of things that were going to come on in the near future. So, damn, yo, yeah, I'm we not surprised. Got of, we got a heads up on this shit, man. You want, That's crazy. You say whose it was? Damn, don't. Uh, nah, uh, nah, they have to so. go through the archive to figure that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys a hint. Hail Contra. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. No. Like, the person was very direct in, in, yeah. in what he was saying about working with NWA and, and his involvement with the company that's got a, that, some dirty dealings. Damn, you know, and the, for having this shit to come out to light now, you, one can only imagine how long has this shit been going on, man? And, 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 and who else has been hurt with this shit? That's crazy, man. How long? Uh, Wild. Yeah. Let's get off the shit, man. Oh, oh. What? What? I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Finish that. Finish that. I was just going to say, uh, the female talent is becoming more and more vocal, and I think we're going to see a lot more names come to light. Oh, man. Let's hope so. Um, but on that note, man, let's get off that. What's what's bumping this week, guys? What? what? What's good this week? We saw a lot of television, a lot of wrestling, and a lot to discuss. Uh, let's kick things off with SmackDown, man, because uh, SmackDown was a little controversial before the pay-per-view, man. Uh, the Fox fans were kind of upset. So um, they didn't really like urine jokes. They <laughs> he said, you're in trouble. <laughs> and, uh, how about pissing somebody off at Fox, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Man, some smelly, really pissy around here. Right, I had nothing else. But the fact <laughs> is, is that the segment with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus was a piss in and of itself. I and the people at Fox did not like it and needed it. Also, like R. Kelly, they should have kept it in the closet. Oh, closet. Also, everybody on the internet found that doctor on Fiverr in like three minutes. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god! <laughs> and 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 and, and, and break hot take, hot take. Uh, th- that was indeed Martinelli's apple juice and not urine in the. So not only was it poorly planned and Seamus didn't react to it, 
but they wasted goddamn good apple juice. Good shit. Good, good shit. I tell ya. You, you, know you, know, you know what's bumping for me this week? Because we ain't gonna sit here and talk about every fucking show we can see this week. There's too much shit to watch. So, I'm gonna tell you what's bumping. I'm gonna tell you what's bumping this week. I think I, I think it's, it's it's been proven. If you look back at the last episodes, and clearly every episode we have, that the people are listening, the people are watching, and the people at the top, most importantly, are the ones that are listening and watching. Because it was just last week, we were talking about the emphasis on tag team wrestling, and this week alone, that's what we saw, ladies and gentlemen. Every promotion was putting their tag teams out there on the map. Every promotion. Name one. I can tell you about the tag team match that happened that week. Let's talk about it. Tell me, son. Tell me about NXT. How, how well did we NXT do in this tag team uh, battle of wars that we showcased this week? So you had, you want to talk about focus on tag teams? You had the NXT tag team titles defended on NXT this week. So how was that match? Imperium showing out? Come on, man. I, I nothing, nothing gets me more than seeing teams like Imperium, Undisputed Area, teams that can hold a title and then dominate. And I think Imperium's gonna give a hell of a run here. I think they need to give Undisputed Area a run for their money too. But um, not to not to take anything from UE because UE yo, they had a hell of a run too. They still going. Blah in, in, blah, in, blah, um, blah blah. UE is overrated. We're done with UE. I. Wow. I think the whoa, 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 whoa. What around. are you talking about, my friend? How about let's take a look at the street profits, baby? Who wants the smoke? Because they be getting all that TV time to your point. All, of it. all these tag teams getting love. Look at Viking Raiders, mm -hmm. all this love. I really, yeah. the only thing that really bothers me is that it's all whack. Also, <laughs> um, they're, building, <laughs> they're building two baby faces. I wh like, why? Why why do that? But I appreciate the effort in portraying more tag team TV. You know what I mean? Like more because it's not tag team matches that we're seeing, right? Because then we got we got ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> so Tazawa is finally getting his shine. Uh, I don't know if this is like insulting that they're making him a ninja. I, I don't know what I don't, I don't know. Is he a martial Ooh. artist? I, I don't know what we're doing with this, but. Especially after watching the Bruce Lee 30 for 30, man. I'm just, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know what I was They were like, they were like, Tazao is a part of Dragon Gate. Enter the dragon. We're going to get you a seven-foot ninja. To, you know uh, what I'm saying? Like, did Tazawa sell out? Or, like, was this? Tazawa sell out. Does it work? But, <laughs> and how do we have a seven-foot-six seven Nigerian uh, as a ninja? Why can't he? Like, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, like in the making again, like this. It was, it was that was the best part of the Viking Prophets uh, segment this week. <laughs> but they're they're not the only ones that were focusing on tag team wrestling, right? Oh we no, no, they not. We got some of that in AEW as well, right? Adam oh, Page and Kenny Omega find themselves continuously right getting matches, and then we see the Young Bucks also getting matches. FTR storyline, banger. God's Banger. Banger. Friend, when you think about like AEW had fucking it was just tag matches. <laughs> it was almost <laughs> all tag matches. All tag everything. Everywhere. Tag. 
Yeah, I man. mean, even on NXT, again, you had uh, the best friends on AEW. Yes. NXT, you had uh, that scuffle that occurred with the tag team as well. You had the women's title, tag title defender on NXT as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bailey and Sasha put in work, too, this week. Right. They, 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 they've been putting in work these weeks, um, mostly with the, the Iconics com- as well. Putting yeah. in work. So it seems like the division is in well hands, right? I mean, at least for this week. Because it's possible to get us entertained with this tag team stuff, right? When they're not doing six-man tags or whatnot. Yeah, keep the proof is here. I like, I like that. Yeah. Come on, like, give us more. And they're trying to construct tag teams, too, because you have now the big show come out again after Tazawa <laughs> was there with Old Boy. And, and, you know, let's talk about it. The big show always comes out when there's a big man on screen. It's kind of like... A passing of the torch or so. So there might be some work being done with them. I had re- read some reports on Bleach Report a few weeks back that Jordan, who is just, uh, the name of the talent we're talking about, that's at least seven for six or something like that. He, uh, he's he been working for a while, and they were wanting to push him, and they finally found a way to put him on the screen. So we're going to see more of this. But you also have Dexter Loomis during that uh, uh, Velveteen Dream promo. Slipping that 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 little uh, cartoon uh, illustration. I don't know if he made it or was it a fan. Uh, who's to say that it wasn't JP Savage that sent it to him as an idea? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying he slipped it in the day and he didn't know. I think Destin Loomis almost Bill Cosby the Velveteen Dream. That's what I'm saying. And to becoming his tag team partner because the Velveteen did not feel him, sense him at all. Uh, but shout out to his vegan shirt. He had on the on the couch <laughs> a, a little a little subtle uh, promotion there for the Velveteen Dream. Apparently, he, he don't eat no meat. He don't eat no meat. Uh, but he shut down Dexter Loomis. He doesn't want to be his tag team partner. I think a lot we don't know about Loomis. I think There's I see Dexter Loomis and and Velveteen Dream, and I could picture The Rock and Mankind. Ew. Just promo work. Not in ring wise, just like the the because you have the the the, the creepy, uh, sinister one and then the comedic one that's full of himself and out there. Rock and sock connection. And rock connection. I could not disagree with you more. I don't. Know. <laughs> yes, you can. How the fuck? I, I couldn't even imagine <laughs> this as a real tag team and what it would look like after a couple of weeks. Like, maybe a one-off or some shit, but, like, for, like, an actual tag team, Loomis and, and Dream? I mean, it, it wouldn't be as weird as, like, a Booker T Goldust. Oh, I was just gonna say that! <laughs> right? I guess. Kurt Angle Stone Cold, wasn't that a thing? With him playing the guitar and shit? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, man. Steve Austin, nice. dude, look. My second yes. favorite version of Austin. Austin, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's opportunity for that with those two characters because if they stay in their character, it's hilarious. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time Loomis tags in the Velveteen Dream, he's also fucking like about to like hit him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or sneak oh, up on oh, him. Oh, it's oh, like oh, you see that oh, oh, story. It's story building, man. There's a lot of elements of uh, storytelling there. I hear that. What's bumping with Seth Rollins, though, yo? Is he going to kill Dominic or what? You know what's bumping Seth Rollins' head off that mat? Because, yo, you had Dominic <laughs> come out, and he kept to his word, and yo. Le no dio por duro. Na, no por, no por na, Le yo, dio Dominic, Dominic looked die, yo. He, 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 he looked comfortable. 
He looked comfortable he look in the spots. And I didn't expect What that. if we have Rey Mysterio we too now? What? Ooh. You think we have Rey Mysterio too? Junior, Junior? Nah, they, they're gonna. They, I mean, he's gonna use his. He has a. There's already a name copywritten. We've talked about yeah. it. No, no. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, rig wise, like style wise. Oh, no, he's no, gonna no. take off his no. after his father. No, he's no, too no. Big, he's, he's, he's too big. He's too heavy. heavy. He's gonna look like King Velasquez out there trying to wrestle, man. You can't do that. Yeah. He has to. He has a certain physique and probably certain strengths we haven't seen yet. He has to stick to that. He doesn't. He's have gonna to be, be like a heavy cruiserweight. Yeah. He'll be like. Maybe he's a little bit more technical. Uh, Jericho, maybe? Mm. Right? Oh, when he Jericho first started. Was like, he, was a, he, he, he had one flip. He had a moonsault, like, a lion saw or whatever. Like, mid heavy. I, I feel like he might be a classic uh, Chavo. Not, not Chavo Jr., but his dad. If you ever go back and watch his dad. His dad oh, okay. was, was athletic, but he was also very technical. Gotcha. And I could see that with Dominic. I could see that because he has the long arms, you know what I mean? Like, like the one thing, like for Saber Junior, for example, the technical work—he's very slender, right. but his range is ridiculous. Nobody ever talks about. That's why he's able to pull off these maneuvers, you know. Right. So, so Dominic has some reach, like I think, and is the way his build is. I think that that's a great direction for him. I, I was happy with it, man. And, and once again, it, it's one of those things where they're pushing the future. That's the next bump. That's an example of them. Pitching the future, putting the future forward. And we've seen that across every promotion. Every promotion this, this week as well. Yes, Dominic we is have. a prime example. Jordan, yes. uh, the, the debut of Jordan as the as the ninja. That's another example, somebody, you know, of the future. How about Yo, you said debut? Huh? Oh, word. Yes. What do we get this year? Puta. I mean, Baby, is the <laughs> youth Escobar, man. My gosh, yo, that looks good, dog. Yeah. And the youth movement doesn't is it hasn't just been with the WWE. I think they realized like at a certain point where like stars are going home. Stars are like, yo, I don't need to wrestle right now. Yo, shit is crazy out here. All right, Kevin Owens yeah, just went home because of COVID, because yeah, yeah. of the the latest thing that 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 happened. Yeah. So, yo, you gotta go with the young hungry bucks. Like you gotta let the the the. The rookies come up and, like, fill those shoes. Yeah. AEW, it's got uh, Anna J, right? Anna J, she had her spot with the dark. Why are you laughing, yo? Because it's not Sarah J. <laughs> Sarah J. <laughs> yes. Sarah J. Shout out, to Sarah, Sarah, shout out to Sarah J being on the, on the recent episode of uh, This is Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Look to out Sarah J for being on my no, uh, computer oh, this morning. Oh, 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 oh. What? Uh, Search history. Okay. So uh, yeah, Incognito. Abaddon. What? No, AW, AW, Abaddon, new debut, right? Yeah. You have, you have um, you know, them pushing MJF the way they are, and of course their debut of NWA's own one and only the Stroke Daddy, Ricky Stars. Ricky Stars. He got a, a debut promo. Now does that tell fire. you something? What is it? it tells me Ooh. they're pushing the young stars. That's what that tells me. Because he gets no, no, I mean, with, back. I mean, I mean, with NWA, though, like, what does that say? With the, the, does that mean, like, they're not coming coming back anytime soon? Like, that he had to go elsewhere? No, no, no. no. no, no, no. I, I think NWA is what it is. It's a stepping stone. Now, if, a you, if you go to our shooting the ish with uh, James Storm, he even tells you that they are willing to 
uh, have you guys come out there and go to the next level as long as you uh, tell them what's up. Yeah. I think it's a perfect platform for people to get their, you know, get their shine. And obviously it has, it has worked. You know, because you know who yo, even one even one of MWAs, one of shooting the issues alumni has our own new promotion. I don't know if you guys saw that. Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Thunder Rosa doing Making big, big, big things. things big, big things. Big things happening, man. I'm proud of that shit, man. Keep the movement going, man. Keep the hustle strong. Keep grinding. You know what else worked, though, for me? And it was bumping loud as fuck. Triple threat match for the North American strap. Um, it's going to be the champion himself, Keith Lee, defending against Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor where the winner goes on to face the champion, Adam Cole, in a title versus title match. Oh, my God. I was having goosebumps with this promo this week, man. I can't wait. Keith Lee, that's where I'm going. I'm going with Keith Lee. <laughs> Shit came out of left field, bro. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> when do we I'm get going here? If you're going to talk about it, let's talk about how we got there, man. You have Adam Cole have a banger. Trash. And in your house, retain the title. And now he is on NXT Untouchable. Uh, the, the dream cannot go after his title anymore. And you have Cross coming for him, which what we saw, uh, the cinematography we saw with Scarlet and the time, uh, the clock, bro. Oh my God, you can't. That was perfect. So you have that happening. And then you have the North American champion come out and say, you don't have to worry about that. Cross takes the clock, breaks it. You gotta worry about me. I'm coming for your strap. So that's what's exciting about it. How is it all gonna unveil though? Like what what's the process of this triple threat? What is that set up? I think big Lee Keith Lee's gonna come out with big things. From this, if he can win it and then take the strap from Adam Cole, double champ, we're gonna have a yeah, double right. champion. You're gonna, you're gonna unify this this thing, and and who looks better? I think with both straps, I think Keith Lee, man, and I think yeah, Adam Cole, yeah, he's he's been he's been killing it too long. My, my only problem yeah. with that is what what happens to Adam Cole then? You can't Gargano him. AEW. Yeah. Yeah, he did he just he resigned? He resigned. Yeah, yeah he, he, he signed up. So that means he's, he's going to the SmackDown or he's going to Raw? Yeah. Or is there a 205? No, nah, I, I, I hope 205 Live. I really hope 205 Live. Nah, nah. He's going <laughs> to probably go to Raw. And, and remember, remember hey, this, though. Yo. Paul Heyman steering the ship. Not no more. Paul Heyman ain't steering no ship. It's uh, Richard. Brother uh, Love. Brother Love. love. My bad. My bad. My bad. Miss Guzzi. That's him talking to his cousin. But look, <laughs> there's no more Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is now taking his ass home. So I'm really concerned about what types of stories. Like, Paul Heyman really dedicated a lot of this time to trying to build, like, storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we saw Mandy and Otis and, and a couple of other things here and there. Trying to, like, long burn things. And the ratings suffered. But the last couple of weeks, we got, like, some of the best TV that we've gotten in, in a minute. I think we, we even said on the show, like, damn, like, it's been, it's been a good wrestling 
era, like time. He's so, been he's yeah. been building talent too. He's been building talent. But 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 and you make that comment as far as the wrestling we've seen. Are you talking specifically during quarantine or are you talking in in general? In the last in quarantine, like oh. after after like March, the first month of quarantine was weird. Like everybody's yeah. adjusting, but like yeah. after that, I think like we really hit our stride in terms of wrestling in general. I think AEW really hit it. I think um WWE hit it. AEW figured it out first. NXT got it down. Like and we really started seeing like a bunch of storylines that started making sense that like weren't dependent on crowd reaction. We saw like like things just flow a little better. You know, where we even noticed it. Like, people are noticing that. Like, yo, wrestling's gotten pretty good. We been, we were bitching like motherfuckers two months ago, three months ago. We could have got... We got wrestling at a, WrestleMania at a bad time. We yeah. should have gotten that later. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. If WrestleMania so, would have waited a month, we might have been saying differently. Like, we might have been like, yo, all right. Like, I'll take yeah. this, but... So, so my question to you now, right? Because I do agree. I feel like in the last couple of weeks, uh, yeah, right. the pay-per-views... All right, all right. Calm it the fuck down. The <laughs> pay-per-views, the pay-per-views have been great. Uh, Ninja Tassara racist. Wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? Somebody's restreaming, asking some random questions right now. Uh, <laughs> look at Tego Calderon in that first box. <laughs> hey, hey. Tego Calderon, say Calme. Thanks, uh, Calme. If, so, if, so, if he got ADHD, so like, like, I do. I got ADHD, fellas. I got it. Ninja, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> so, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. You started rambling about some bullshit. Now you talking about Akira's desire. Oh, movie. I got it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we were just talking about mischief. We, we, we were talking about the, the build up for. I have no idea. Anymore. Oh, I got it. 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 So. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Make sure to subscribe and like on all platforms. That's <laughs> <laughs> opening segment. <laughs> We're past that. Uh, no, we always have to drop we it had... down because there's always a chance. They could be looking at this right now and go and click on another video. So I'm this gonna segment brought to you by Ritalin. No, 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 no. We're talking about how imp- we're improving. The product has improved, well, and what I'm right. telling you is okay, the yeah, one yeah. of the main factors to that. Where that improvement happened, and we saw AEW, and we've seen it on the E now, because this is one of the best Raws we've had in a while, right? Yeah. And I think the, the, the crowd immersiveness, they have, they went from having talent, the NXT talent during SmackDown and Raw, in the crowd, because you see Simone in there, right? Yeah. You saw Saya Lee in there, and she had a banger uh, this week on, on NXT. So which one of them had COVID? Bueno, I think this week what you saw that was a little bit different, and I don't know if this is specifically for the pay-per-view, but it seems as though they have uh, friends and family in the crowd now, and not just talent. And also, something else we have to talk about is that for that Edge and uh, Randy Orton match, it was a little audible. If you followed, uh, if you, t- if you followed what, what our post show, huh? What was the word? Audible? <laughs> audible? Audible? <laughs> initially, initially, he said audible. Audible? Called an audible. <laughs> audible. <laughs> they hear it. They use WWE 2K20, bro. A fan reaction <laughs> in the crowd. That's what they did. Yeah. All right, for the Edge and Red Orton match. And you know what? I'm here for it. 
I'm here for it. That shit was great. <laughs> and Red Norton threatened Edge's life. He said, I'm going to kill you, you motherfucker. He did. Oh, my God. He did. God, yo. Yo. And then remember when he apologized to Christian? <laughs> yo, that was money shit, yo. He's he's on some other, other shit. Like, he started like my dad after he beat me. I'm sorry, but it was your fault. <laughs> you made me do it. going to hurt me more than it hurt you, son. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you talk about the quality in matches and, and, yeah. and the greatness in, in what we've been seeing. I, I believe it. I'm with it. The last couple of weeks have been great and amazing. Uh, top quality matches, especially as you know, gentlemen, let's do, let's talk about it. Let's talk about our favorite. Orange Cassidy. Greatest. <laughs> and who? And who? And Chris Jericho, hold on. Before we, before we get to the yo, you talk about pushing talent to the top, Brian Cage and Taz. Yeah, like that's just happening everywhere. Chris yeah, Bay about bitch. to get a you... title. That's right. Brian Cage had a really good segment where he needs to learn to shut the fuck up and let yeah. Taz speak. Yeah, yeah, let Taz speak. Yo, let Taz I, speak. One of the worst times that I had watching Impact Wrestling was when Brian Cage and Johnny Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny uh, yeah. Impact were, were yeah. battling for the top spot. Yeah. And one of the reasons I hated it the most was the in-ring was great. They're fucking tremendous performers, but the story sucked. They're terrible actors. They cannot speak. Leave it to somebody else. <laughs> and as, as we went on this AEW run, I kind of forgot that. And thank you for reminding me. So maybe let Taz do the talking and shut the fuck out. Because it wasn't but, good. But they're still moving who, in the right direction, though. You know yeah. who shows promise, though? Uh, and this is not AEW, if my mistake. It's it's WWE, uh, Angel Garza. Yes. Because the next Eddie Guerrero. According to the Kingmaker. According to the Kingmaker. Ooh. But I get it. I get it. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to take it as a grain of salt because I feel like Vince was saying this similarly about Humberto Carrillo just a few months ago. Because he thinks he's Mexican? And then, Who's this? Uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince said that? Oh, yeah. Vince yeah. said about Angel Garza? Yeah. Because Dave Meltzer also said that he saw a lot of Eddie Guerrero in Sammy Guevara. Mm. So the question I pose to y'all is... Who has Eddie Guerrero? Who is more Eddie? Angel or Sammy? Angel Garza or Sammy Guevara? Now, to his Sick. credit, I, as you guys ponder this, right? Let me lay the table. Uh, old school was about it. I, I haven't he was seen enough Angel Garza. Old school, go ahead. Yo, tell me what you think. So, so Sammy is early Eddie. That's that's uh, uh, with uh, Art Bar. Love Machine, uh, Eddie Guerrero, right? Okay. And I feel uh, Angel is is more of Latino heat, Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Like he, he's a little more refined, a little more charismatic. Yes. In the charisma department, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's how they're being portrayed right now. Sammy Guevara is a dork. He's quirky. He's, like, weird. Can't sing. Like, I can't believe him being Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero had too much swag. Oh, nah, Eddie Guerrero was a, was a clown, though. Like, he, he was a clown, but clown. he had swag. But he had yeah. swag, though. Yeah, the, especially when, we talk, when we're talking about Latino heat, right? So, yeah. I look at what, how he's been doing to uh, 
Charlie Caruso, right? He began to the Mamacita. roses and whatnot. You know what I mean? So I think Garza in the in, as the as the personality and the the character, the char- See, charisma, the yeah, the yeah, yeah, the yeah, crowd. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Both of them in ring because are I, nice. I, I, I first thought I thought you said ring work. I thought you guys were talking about in ring work, and I was like, nah. Character, but character, I mean, character-wise, character yeah, yeah, I, I see. I, I don't think it. it's but, hold on. I, I don't think it's just character. I think it's just influence, right? Like who, right. who resembles? Yeah, like resembles. Yeah. Like yeah, there's some ring work. Like I feel like Angel Garza does a little bit more of the cheating thing. Like. Um, Sammy Guevara is, is kind of to, to JP's point, like he's kind of dorky, kind of clumsy, like kind of like he can't run out golf carts. Sammy <laughs> Guevara is the childish Gambino of the rap game, <laughs> where like he's not tough. I, feel like, that I, I get that. Like, he, like you know, I, I'm not afraid of Sammy Guevara, he's great in ring talent, and a great performer, but he's not menacing, he is not Jake Hager, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like and that. the way he's using him is kind of like clownish. <laughs> yeah, but, there's but what Angel, Garza, Angel Garza like yeah. kind of comes off sly. Like he's like trying to like like there's a little sleaziness in there, but even see, though he's smooth as fuck. Like he just yeah. has a little, like yo, I- I'll do some cheesy shit to win. Like don't get me wrong. So I I, I feel you on that, Angel but Garza see, for sure. But I think you have to analyze this comment even deeper. I think it's beyond what we're thinking about. When you have someone like Vince McMahon make this comment, someone like Dave Meltzer make this comment, when they say that this person resembles Eddie Eddie Guerrero, I think they're talking about a Mexican wrestler Racism. that can make it through mainstream, a main card, without the mask. It's, um, it's their Latin top spot. But, uh, right? Totally, what, right? What, what Alberto de Rio maybe didn't accomplish in their mind. Well, right? he could have. If he, he wasn't such a fucking whack job. But you see what I'm saying? Like, they, they, that's what they kind of expected when it comes to, you know, you have multiple generation wrestlers from a luchador background that have a, a pretty face, that charisma. Which is what you get with Garza. And that's what you get with Garza. Yeah. And, and you get it with Andrade, but I feel like Garza has more of a charisma to Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat. And that's why I think Garza I can will say, be fine I can say Andrade more serious. Andrade yeah. needs Selena, but Garza yeah. doesn't. Yeah, Andrade, I don't yeah. see. You don't really see the charisma as much. Not as much. That's why Selena. You know what's ironic? We're saying you, you guys are saying this. Angel Garza hasn't fucking spoken like three words on me. Body language, Bobby. His body language. Yep. He's so good with the face and the body that like he don't gotta say shit. Even when he put the um, did you guys see? Post Raw, there was a segment with Zelina Vega and Angel Garza, and like she's like, "Oh, you guys can't be arguing like this." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. He puts, the, he puts the flower in her hair, and he like kind of put, caresses her face, and he's like, and he sure. leaves her. He dips. He didn't have to say shit. He just yeah. kind of like finessed the moment. Dip. That's true, that's some true. yo. That's hard. That's really really that's hard. hard. That's presence. Dude. That's yeah. presence. And Garza yeah. has presence. That's why even like him taking off his pants shit, that's all uh, just like, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, 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 that's hilarious. That's copyrighting, bro. He got that shit off you, man. 
You got to fucking do something about that, JP. You know, <laughs> it's telling you, who man. am I to try to prevent anyone from being without pants? Like, it's all good. You're, like, you're a badass influence on wrestling. Listen, badass listen, influence. 2020's been crazy enough, brother. <laughs> but yo, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. There's the top spots. I, I think Elijo de Fantasma is another wrestler. Yo, in, in watching him on NXT this Wednesday, just yesterday, he can go on the mic too, though. And he himself hits yeah. on that point. I don't need the mask. You I have an opportunity to be me. Right? That's what he's talked about. It was real. You could feel it. He was good on the mic. There was conviction. I was surprised to see Joaquin Wilde. Probably a little factor, uh, but you know what? It looks good. I'm with it. I'm yeah. interested to see what it is. And you you made a really good point about presence. We talked about body language, facial expression, all that shit. Look at someone who owns all of that and created a gimmick from nothing, right? Orange Cassidy. <laughs> right now, in a position... As a Hugo Premier. For the uh, not for the title, but he's facing... I forgot what the fuck he's facing Chris Jericho for, but... He's, they're culminating a storyline at Fighter Fest. I love it. And Orange Cassidy hasn't said shit. In fact, all he's done is get his ass kicked. And then like show bad. up. Like uh, bad. With a bag of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> and then really bad, like, orange puns the next day. He got juiced. We beat the pulp out of him. All right, man, got it. But, Bloody orange. <laughs> they're about to make mimosas, bro. That's what's gonna happen. But then you saw that fire in the the comeback last night. Yeah, last night. Let it rip. Let it rip. If, if there was a crowd, they would have popped huge. But see, this is the thing. This is why that match that matchup would be intriguing because the one thing that people fail to remember at times with Orange Cassidy is that he can go in the ring. He can work. So so you place him with someone like Guerrero. The, the possibilities are endless. Because Guerrero, yeah. you know, Guerrero with the best of them. So so I'm intrigued on what this is going to turn out. And, and, and once again, the conversation we were having as far as pushing the future. What is Guerrero working with Orange Cassidy telling you? Even though Orange Cassidy has been in the wrestling world industry Guerrero, for a long time. Guerrero, you mean time. Jericho. Yo, you have a habit of Jesus. fucking confusing Jericho. I do. I do. Eddie Guerrero. I do. I do. Holy shit. I'm the <laughs> I do. Yo! <laughs> Yo, he did do that shit with the Jerry. same two. Yo, the same two. It's true. Oh, oh shit. Shut up, bad you, know what it is? you know what it is? You know what JP it is? JP went at a whole, like, quarter of a show on someone else's show. <laughs> Mixing Eddie Jericho and Chris Guerrero. You know what it is? You know what it is? I, I know. You, know, you want to know what it is? Think about that for a second. You want to know what it is? Is that Chris Jericho is the Canadian Eddie Guerrero. I mean, yo, Jericho could... Uh, uh, Guerrero could have been a fucking stud, like, right now, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So, 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 are we here? Are we here, folks? Are we here to talk about the topic of the day? Because you bring the name of someone like Eddie Guerrero to the table, that means you got to talk about the best matches you've ever witnessed, experienced, and seen. We just had the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> Did we? It was very good. 
listen, if you watch our post show, subscribe and like on YouTube and all different platforms. We talked about that it was it was worked as the greatest match ever so that we paid attention. And these gentlemen delivered. It was probably one the best match Edge has had with Randy Orton that I have seen. The greatest match ever uh, during 2020 quarantine? All right. Yeah. Hey, I, I, JP Savage had the gall, the audacity to say this is a match of the year candidate. I put my reputation on the line because, especially with the circumstances that we're talking about, match of the year in 2020, I could see. That match. Yeah, it's a fucked up year. Yeah, match of the year is fine. Especially especially (laughs) because if you caught our pre show, we talked about that the build up for that match didn't make sense. Right. Nah. Whatever. And that plays a role, right? That plays it a plays role. A to role. me, that plays a role. To me, that, that, that's one of the main focus points. But, but, but to me, that helped the, the match quality. Because even yeah. with lack of buildup or necessity for the match, the match shined, right? Yeah. So it worked for it, in my case, right? So, okay. Vic, what are the parameters? Yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, greatest, okay, so let's what's the criteria match? for success? We all we we gotta we gotta we gotta come to terms with what we're talking about when we mean a uh, great match, right? So let's let's look at the fundamentals of the match that that lures us. We have fan investment that plays a big role. We learned that the hard way this year. Um, crowd reactions and 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 the the pops that are given for matches and the focus that's on these matches gives you the reaction that you want and the feel and the the energy that the match wants that you want the match to have so that's a big focal point i like to i like to also focus on execution because you can have a great match and still fuck up the moves yeah and that can take away from the match um not always the case but it can be a case and, and it can ruin some or or make it that much uh a lesser of a match in my eyes. How well does the match age with time? Can I go back and watch something from 99-94 today in 2020? Can I can I do that still? If so, then yeah, that's a pretty that's a fucking match that, that stands out, and I think that's a great match. Uh I think those those are my main focus on the per- parameters for this shit. Uh at least what I'm gonna tell you from what I think. Uh and let me just kick it off right now. Um <laughs> that's it the has- had fan investment in it. Um, <laughs> execution by far. Uh, let's let's go back to King of the Ring, man. Hell in a Cell, Undertaker, and Mankind. Guys, the, the the level of focus on this match for the build itself. I don't know. Yeah, we did cover build too, right? We said that build for this was amazing. We had, but how often do we see a Hell in a Cell on Raw? Uh, Leading up to the pay-per-view match. Not often anymore, right? The Raw before this, Helena Cell came down, and its two main events for King of the Ring were in that main event of Raw, leading up on the go-home show for the pay-per-view. So the build was there. Everybody was invested. Then Undertaker threw Mankind off the Helena Cell. Twice! Come on. Come on. Mankind finishes the match as we all know and respect him for dearly. Uh, I can't talk about a list of great matches without bringing that up. 
I hear you, but I can't put that on my list of graded matches because that that may be more of like a moment. Uh, because I can't quantify what occurred in that experience as a match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. You know, uh, so I would say that that's a, one of the greatest spots. Uh, obviously, it changed the wrestling industry. Uh, fucking cemented uh, Nick Foley's legend status, right? Uh, but I can't incorporate it into the biggest match because of some of the things that you talked about. When you say quality of match, that means that they're telling a story in the ring. Storytelling. There was a, a story part. being told in that match, but it wasn't a professional wrestling match. What we saw there was an attempted murder. You know, it was, that was an act. <laughs> that was different. Because after, after he went off the cage, the man chokeslammed him through the cage on thumbtacks in the ring. That was an act of murder. He oh, has been charged, indicted. Damn and you, that was Wavers, a fucking damn accident. you, Vincent Man. It was an accident. Yeah, and, and that wasn't even That's, like... It was supposed to give. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, if you're like, oh, shit, it was a stunt, then you're like, all right, well, they... No, they didn't fucking know that he was going to die that day. <laughs> Yo, three of his nine this, is why, this is why I say I, I can't wait till The Undertaker retires, which he's alluding to that in the last ride in the network. But, but, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what he's waiting for. But listen, because... For that man not to react after he chokeslammed him through the fucking cage, bro. Yo, he did the you know the self-control? Yo, he, he did? He, you know how I would have reacted? I don't know what you would have done. But that's exactly what I would have done, bro. I was like... My man, he just stayed there. Like, Yo, my bad. Bro, that's what he did. He was just like... Listen, listen, however old I was, I was not that, looking at the Undertaker and saying... Oh, he meant he didn't mean to do that. Yeah. I looked at Undertaker and he was like, oh shit. Like this guy is an asshole. Okay. And he's kinda like, uh, this nigga about to the risk. So what's more of your speed, man? What 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 are you what are you guys feeling like is more of your your kind of great match? Alright, uh, so I'm gonna give you one off the cuff. Uh, that I think is a great match and it encompasses all the categories you're talking about. Once again, we have to tell a story in the ring. The fans have to be invested in this feud, so it's something that ha they have to be able to relate to, right? Uh, at the same time, I want to see some technical prowess, but also some some drama being surrounded about this storyline. Uh, I also want to see where's uh, what does it do for the industry, right? How does this change somebody's career? And I have to bring up Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Ooh. You have a brother versus brother feud. Two of the best to ever do it. And Owen Hart, who, you know, we've talked about it, him repeatedly on our podcast after Dark Side of the Ring. You know, who would have, who's to know where he would have went? And we have to remember that this match solidified his, his, his legacy. His brother put him over. It didn't, and he didn't, and Bret Hart didn't lose any legitimacy by nah, putting his brother nah, over. He won the title that night. You see what I'm saying? Like, and he still put his brother over, and it worked. That's the year he won his Slammys, right? He won championships. That match, when you see a, two real life brothers going up against each other, I mean, you see this in, in, in any other sport, in any movie, in any book story. 
when you have siblings going at each other, it's a story that continues to tell itself, right? And once again, I want you to rate and review and subscribe. But you have that storyline. You see it in basketball. You see it in football. Those are the more televised games because you see siblings competing against each other. And you have these two men on multiple occasions go up against each other. But WrestleMania, for me, just solidified that. That was a great match, a story being told in the crowd because you have the family members there, the mother, the father, the investment, the tears you see in the fans. That's what I need when you're talking about the greatest matches ever. Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. I thought you were going to say the Holy Spirit for there for a second real quick. <laughs> 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 I was waiting for Oscar to jump in. Orium, gymnasium, I know, I know I'm preaching. It's cool. <laughs> Preach, brother. Oscar, talk to me real quick. Oh, God. There, there are so many because it's so subjective, right? Uh, of course. But, yeah. uh, but so, like, so, that we were at least born in. Oh, you want a year we were born in? <laughs> we had to at least been born. Come on, that's a whole parameter for you. Uh, all right, fair enough. Since I <laughs> since I am old school, I'll I'll go with something. Uh, back to back to 1989. Woo! Um, Woo was right. It's uh it's Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. I quit. Clash of the Champions. The build for this involved Terry Funk coming down to the ring, pile driving. Um, Ric Flair through the apron. Uh, in the following television, he took a plastic bag. This is something you will never see on television today. He took a plastic bag, wrapped it around Ric Flair's head, and tried to suffocate him. Right? <laughs> so, so, so there was like a grudge that came about when you when you try to actually try to kill someone. You get some heat, baby. Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit, right? Heat. Uh, I think the actual match itself holds up over time. It's one of those ones where, like, so all the impact, you just hear just flesh hitting. Like, when Ric Flair chops Terry Funk in any match, but in this match in particular, like, just a shotgun blast. And and the selling of it was impeccable. Uh, The finish worked. Uh, it's one of the few times in a in an I Quit match where they're legitimately talking shit to each other while they're on the mic. <laughs> uh, Ladies right. and gentlemen, this is this is what we bring to the table. You just heard of a gem. I know many of you have not even watched this match. Do yourself the favor and YouTube it now. Go on the network. Go to your sister's closet and find her stash of the impeccable talented wrestling that she views. And you're going to see Ric Flair and Terry Funk. And honestly, Ric Flair, when you talk about the greatest match ever, Ric Flair's going to be on that board many times because he's had quality matches with many wrestlers. Absolutely. Um, So to pick, I I have a really hard time with lists. You see, I can't pick one. That's ridiculous. When has that worked with mischief? Never! All right. (laughs) Well, we'll continue talking about Ric Flair a little bit. But real quick, I just wanted to segue into the match that could have been the greatest match of all time. There's one match that had star power potential to be the greatest match of all time. But Hulk Hogan wouldn't do it. He wouldn't (laughs) let it. When Sting and Hogan met at Starcade, that match should have been... 
the greatest, most explosive match in the history of WCW. Yeah. All right? That is Sting coming back as Crow Sting, haunting the NWO for months. Months, that is bro. Culminating a storyline. Vince cool. Russo must have been kept in a cage, bro, because I don't understand how they left that shit go on so long. <laughs> Dog, I think about that shit all the time. I watched that shit just to fucking do this, and I was like, damn, man. This Didn't that... Wasn't that Starcade also all fucked up? Like, it ended early, and they had to show it on Monday uh, Nitro. Uh, yeah. Goldberg. That the one? That the I Goldberg think... one didn't get, didn't get shot, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Whatever. Um, but that's that's the match that could have been. But in terms of the greatest match of all time, let me get some of these out of the way, these honorable mentions, right? Ric Flair. Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry I love you. Come on, dude. That match at least gets a mention on the greatest match because of storyline. Okay. Right? The match as a wrestling match was interesting. It was well put together. It wasn't like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, right? But the story got us invested, right? And that, that like, oh, that ending. I would it's quantify just... that on, on one of my favorite retirement matches, but not the greatest match. Okay, fair enough. But it's still damn good. And mm. now we'll go from Ric Flair to Shawn Michaels because he was in that match. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Chris Benoit. Oh. In the greatest <laughs> triple, triple threat, threat match now you're just following me around because you just named two fucking WrestleMania matches that I was both at. The fuck you stalking me? <laughs> WrestleMania 20, 2004. Chris Benoit winning this title after Triple H has once again inserted himself in the... <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that match was crispy as hell. It was, it was, it was. to mention Benoit, right? Name it Chris. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sidetrack and mention his boys, Ray and Eddie at Halloween Havoc. Ooh. Oh, a fucking clinic, Ooh. a clinic. But let's get back to Chris Benoit for a second. And now I'm gonna focus my attention not on the greatest match of all time, but on the greatest event in the history of mankind because this event had, in my opinion, at least three of the top matches ever. And here we go. All right. Benoit, your boy, against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania X7. What a technician's paradise. Mm. That match was phenomenal in any category. Although storyline build, maybe not as great as it could have been. The match in the ring certainly told the story. So I could see why it's not at the top, but certainly one of the. Chris Benoit was a goat or a sheep. In that, I think I can't recall. <laughs> Some shit like that. Um, <laughs> then we have another match. It's not quite a regular match, right? We got a triple threat TLC number two match, baby. Mm. In the greatest gimmick match, gimmick tag team match of all time, TLC two with the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys. Poetry in motion. Your boy Edge. I never would have thought I said this, but. It's one of my favorite matches, and I forget he's in it. It's because he's trash. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> that was the greatest spear of all time. So kudos to him. That was it. There's no more matches that night. I mean, I There's mean, actually you... one match that happens <laughs> here, right? Hogan <laughs> Rock. 
Hogan yeah. Rock. It wasn't the best match, but was the most elect, electric yeah. match. According yeah. to the parameters that moment. you laid out, has to be mentioned because it was fucking electric. Yo, that fucking yeah. match Wait. was crazy. Yeah. They didn't do shit in that match. But that best match was a fortune in that match. So if we're going to keep on talking about WrestleMania matches, can I bring up one? How about about Stone Cold and and Brett? Submission match? Crimson mask? Crimson mask, yeah. Double turn? Uh, The storyline, double turn. Ah, yeah. The build up. The build up. And then also what it did to the careers. What it did to the careers, right? With the double turn, like the, yeah. the the WWE. I mean, I don't think in professional wrestling is done that easily. That's not. It doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, but, be, yeah they, they both had stopped after that, and that's amazing. The match that will forever be my favorite match, the greatest match of all time, for a million different. Austin Rock WrestleMania X Seven. If you have watched this show more than twice, you will know. <laughs> all time. Wasn't that a raw or something? The match was a fucking brawl right from the bell. It had weeks and technically years of build years. because of years. because of how much tension they've had throughout their careers. Right? They were they were budding stars at the same time. So just the nature of their trajectory was just always in conflict. And this was, although it wasn't the culmination of that, because they they will have other matches in the future. This was, in my opinion, the greatest match they ever had. The greatest match of either of their careers. This is the best hype video they've ever had. The best so, hype video? Oh, yo, if I may add, right? Mischief, I hear you. And, and, and you've already talked about, you know, WrestleMania 17, potentially the best WrestleMania, because you had three matches that you could consider to be the greatest matches of all time. When um, Rick also wrestled, I think, Jericho, if I'm yes, not mistaken, yes, which I was a so. tremendous match also. But I think what... Because a, a lot of I people's gripes... A lot of people's gripes with that match when it comes to Stone Cold and Rock is that they feel that the match in ring wasn't what... It wasn't the greatest. It but was I think, but, but But I think... I think because of the incredible build and feud that it was, it made sense for that to be a brawl. Yeah, like they were so it much invested into that. Stop. Like it, it, it wouldn't have made sense for them to 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 create, which is another potential conversation when it comes to greatest match ever, an Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It was not going to be that match. No. After that buildup, you can't go in there and have a technical match. Right? right. So it wasn't the story that was being told. So for that fact, I have to agree that has to be in consideration. And also. The heel turn, right? Yeah. We had our yeah. Stone Cold baby face, right? Like, turn obnoxiously heel, selling his soul to the corporate devil quite literally. He just wanted to sing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mentioned, I mentioned Bret Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart Shawn Michaels. I mean, you talk about build-up storyline. You see the, the clips, the vignettes of them working out. Right, preparing that to endure the 60 minutes. And yo, if you ever go back to watch it, I've watched it a few times. One of my favorite matches. Uh, it's a long match. 60 minutes is 60 fucking minutes. And you have to give consideration to these gentlemen for putting on a clinic. Uh, and once again, afterwards, you have the, ch- the childhood dream. You have 
you know, Shawn Michaels going over. But I think what makes the match, and, and well, I'm going to connect this match to the Montreal Screwjob. I think that's what leads... match in its own right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's what leads to the frustration of fans when it comes to the Montreal Screwjob. Because if you knew Bret Hart was leaving, you look at the quality of match they were able to put on. And look at how it, it was ended with the Montreal Screwjob. It's hinted yeah. what the experience should have been as la- the last match for Bret Hart in the E. So, once again, classic match. Shawn Michaels coming down the fucking rope. And, I mean, Shawn Michaels can, can be mentioned many times on this list because he is one of the greatest. Uh, his match with Razor in the, in the ladder match. His right. matches with, with Undertaker. Like, those are matches that everybody's going to say that are the greatest matches, right? His match with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> His match with Kurt is six. Oh my god! I would have wanted to see Brett with Kurt. Oh my god! But we never got that. We've kind of like tied up only talking about like North American, like WCW, WWE. Only five star matches. Only five star matches, and we should talk about the six star match. Talk about the Tokyo Dome. Talk about I love it. that you guys brought that up because I was just going to mention 60 minutes is 60 minutes, but 80 is more. And the first time around, he lost. The second time, it was a draw. The third time, he won. But when he got to the fourth match, when we got here, folks, he took the strap from Okada, Kenny fucking Omega, the cleaner, baby. Hell of a fucking match against Okada. Old school. Talk to me about Kenny defending or winning the strap for the first time. I actually am going to disagree with you. What? So so that was a great moment when he finally took it from Okada, the build to it. But if we're going to talk about the match, the match that would happen, it's got to be... Kenny versus Okada, the first one at Wrestle Kingdom 11. The one that put them both on the map. The story being told in the ring, the build to it with him winning the G1 Climax. I mean, it was... was... You know what? The fact that the table didn't give a fuck? In the first one, you do not see a man carry Okada in the electric chair, catch him midair, and in a deadlift, give him the almost Deadliest German suplex I've ever seen in my life. That plus within another table, couple, couple table match shots, table shots. I mean, yo, that shit was crazy, man. That fourth one was your boy, the fallen angel, um, and Jericho. First of all, Kenny Omega's got like fucking thirty different matches on the top, uh, on the uh, on the five star list and whatever. But I've never really been a fan of Omega because I can't get behind the story. Like, Omega's story, okay. I've just never been sold well, on. And there wasn't really much story in Japan. It was more like matches quality, I guess. Uh, right. And at, least, why, at least with me, it was more than that. And that's why, like, I wasn't really ever into NJPW as much as, like, I wish I was. Because the stories never captivated me. The Bullet Club did, right? So I got into G.O.D. Yeah. Or whatever. But Jericho coming in and fighting Kenny Omega and, and fighting Kenny Omega in that brawl they had. Yes. Um, 
Well, I, was it Russell Kingdom? I think it was Russell Kingdom. Um, uh, can't recall it. Just damn, I can't remember now. But that match was dope as hell. There was storyline behind it. Like Jericho was like a rising global star, right? He's trying to like establish his star, like really put the the flag in the ground and claim his stake, right? So that match stood out to me. Um, in terms of NJPW, like I know, like Will Osprey has a bunch of matches, but again, <laughs> like, oh yes, he does. You gotta talk about Okada, of course. How about uh, Takahashi and, and Osprey? Takahashi has a fucking classic at Wrestle Kingdom 14 with Mr. Osprey that they fucking well, damn, that was the one I think he got hurt, right? That's where he, he almost think, died. Yes, yeah, he almost <laughs> died at that one. Damn. But it was a classic. <laughs> oh, how about Ricochet and Osprey? Best of the Super Juniors for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight. Was that the Junior Heavyweight? I don't remember now. Fuck. The ju- uh, yes, Juniors. Bro. It was the Juniors. Okay. But yo, what? that Ricochet and Osprey. I remember that shit was a spot fest and a half. I'm not going to lie. That shit was a spot fest. The point is that wrestling is highly subjective. And what my favorite match was is, and in no way should be, what your favorite match is. Strikers, it sucks! Because it sucks. And you're garbage. I mean, you, 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 we can't not end this and not talk about CM Punk. Sure Gantina. we can! Okay, well. Uh, money in the bag, CM Punk. Punk <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, I was that was dope. You have yes. a couple of classics. Yo, we, we haven't talked about Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. We haven't talked about Champa and Gargano. We haven't talked NXT's about the NXT TakeOver ladder match. When Gargano uh, wins the NXT uh, North American Championship, that match was crazy. Oof. The worst part about that match is that Lars Sullivan was in it. Oh. What do you remember Lars Sullivan? Bishop, tell me about that Lars Sullivan banger that he had. That's all the time we have for you folks, God damn it! I don't care where you got your fix from, because you know we got the greatest matches, and we know the best ones. Now you, JP, tell them where they can show us some love, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been entertained. Now is your duty to please this booty. And make sure to rate and review HPC 2 Sweet on Twitter, on IG, on Facebook, in your mother's closet, on their underwear drawer, you will be able to find us everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere like the coronavirus. Make sure to rate and review. And once again, you're welcome. Ooh. No fear. JP Savage is here. Ooh, thank God. Tento. See you next week, baby faces. <laughs>